This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's the Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Ladies and gentlemen, my first guest tonight stars in Queer Eye and is now a New York Times bestselling author with his new memoir, Over the Top. Please welcome to the Late Show, Jonathan Van Ness. Nice to see you again. You too. I really love the outfit. You That's do. really nice. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry we keep it so cold in here. Oh, it's okay. You know, <laughs> it, no worries. Well, people know you from Queer Eye. Uh, a show that's really about other people's lives and improving somebody else's life. But now you have written uh, a memoir of your own life over the top. What's it like to tell your own story? Um, it was enthralling, yet sometimes very terrifying. It was like, I think it's definitely the hardest project I've ever done, uh, the most I've ever worked on something. Well, what's terrifying about it? Because certainly you don't seem like a shrinking violet. You're willing to share. Me? Yeah, you don't hide <laughs> your light under a bushel, Jonathan Van Ness. Um, well, you know, I think that, you know, because Queer Eye is not a show about, you know, the five of us, it's about the amazing people who we get to help, um, there is, like, not so much of an opportunity for me to tell like all of my backstory. And so this was really an opportunity for me to say, yes, I am this happy person who wants to like talk about our hair and where it should live and, and what colors we should think about and like where our eyebrows should do. And, mm -hmm. but I was like, there's more. And, and I think that, you know, for me specifically, you know, talking about like, you know, my HIV status or surviving sexual abuse or, you know, having uh, disordered eating issues, it's, I wanted to be able to talk about these things. Uh, Cause I think that a lot of times people think that like, if you have, been through some hard times. Like, you can't be seen as positive or gregarious or happy anymore. And I just wanted to show that, honey, she's an onion with all sorts of layers. <laughs> I like that, honey, she's an onion. That's nice. Yeah. So you do, you, you, are, you are very frank about uh, addiction, uh, depression, sexual abuse. Um, and you say that, that you want people to learn from the book that how to bloom where you're planted. What do you mean by that? Well, I think, you know, my mom always said that to me. And it's basically like, it, it, it feels like the first cousin of like, no matter where you go, there you are. And it's like, we are ourselves wherever we go. And I think I realized that growing up, which I talk so much about growing up in my hometown, uh, there were really difficult aspects of it. But also, Where was your hometown? Quincy, Illinois. It's a gorgeous okay. little place in Illinois. Yes, Illinois. Um, <laughs> the one for yes. Um, so uh, I, I, I just 
I spent so much time growing up kind of being uh, really very miserable, except unless I was playing in my imagination, like gorgeous Olympic games or like eating powdered donuts or uh, doing Wait, like- actually eating powdered donuts or thinking about eating powdered eating donuts? Eating powdered donuts while doing like carpet figure skating routines between commercials of like America's Next Top Model or like, you know, or Miss Universe. Like, you know, whatever was on, whatever I could, you know, uh, get the content that I needed as a child. It was few and far in between. So, but really it was about taking myself in, uh, creating moments of joy, creating pockets of joy for me to be able to thrive and have fun in, uh, and moments where, that really just weren't very fun. You, you talk in here about, um, you reveal in the book your HIV status, HIV positive status. What has been, what have been the more meaningful responses to that revelation? Well, there's been so much support uh, just in general from so many people that had, that you know really made me feel very seen and, and it's been you know I felt very embraced by a lot of this, the response that I got. I think also though the most meaningful thing that it's made me realize is the real lack of understanding that we still have around what it is to live with HIV now um, and also the lack of a social safety net for HIV positive people and when I had HIV initially, I was 25. I did not have a platform that I had now. There was like four different government programs that I had to like navigate by myself and, you know, figure out how to like, and I'm, I don't think I'm someone who doesn't take on information super well and me doing it at 25, dealing with what I was dealing with at the time, uh, it made it really difficult for me to find a doctor. It made it very difficult for me to access medicine. And it's just that when people would say like, you know, Queer Eye Star comes out with devastating HIV diagnosis. It really should have been like Queer Eye Star comes out about the devastating ways that HIV positive people are still treated and stigmatized in this country when there's no need. We know that with antiretroviral therapy, people that achieve and maintain an undetectable viral load effectively have no chance of transmitting the virus sexually. It's, um, it's just something that I think people don't realize now. I think that a lot of people felt that HIV AIDS was no longer a threat to them and just something that we don't think about. But actually, there is a rising threat of HIV uh, in America and across the world because of increased stigma and like lack of uh, access to testing sites, like say at Planned Parenthood, when we're constantly defunding Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. Planned Parenthood last year gave over 740,000 HIV tests under the Title X program that the Trump and Pence administration just forced them out of. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, really I realized like just the huge lack of access that people have to information and the huge lack of uh, support for people living with HIV in America. It is just so much harder than it needs to be. How, you say you were 25 when you found out? You were 25 when you found out? Yeah. How did that change your life? Uh, uh, other, other than obviously having to find the, the proper treatment uh, to care for your, your positive status, how did it change like the way you looked at life to be facing that at 25? What was going on? You said... There was a lot going on in your life that it was already difficult to deal with. What were those things? So I talk about in the book, um, you know, I was struggling with a drug addiction at the time. And, uh, you know, when you're trying to find your way out of uh, substance abuse and then you realize that you're HIV positive, it can, you really have a choice there. It's like, am I going to go, what am I going to do? And so, you know, what was going on in my life at that time was... Uh, you know, I was born in 1987, right? So growing up in the late 80s, early 90s as a very, you know, clearly queer person from the time I was this big. Um, you know, my family was very terrified of what HIV AIDS would mean for my future. I learned very young to be terrified of HIV AIDS and I talk about that in the book. And, you know, when I was 25, the worst thing I ever thought could happen to me did. 
And what I realized was is that like with access to medication and a doctor, which when I found my first doctor and went to her, I said, can I live to be 75? And she chuckled the stories in the book and it's hilarious. Um, she said, oh honey, she was like, I'll keep you alive long enough to die of a heart attack or cancer like everybody else. <laughs> and then my mom like, thudded off the chair behind me, like to the floor, just, I mean, I, like, I, I, I was like, oh, and then I just heard this like thud. And my mom was like, it's like, mom, you promised you wouldn't freak out. So again, that story's in the book. It's also super funny. So there's some sad stuff, but there's funny stuff. Well, you, you, do, have, you do you have dealt with a lot in your life, but you're incredibly positive and incredibly upbeat. Is that in any way ever a burden that people always expect you to be chipper Jonathan Van Ness? Because you're, you're, a, you're a ray of sunshine. Do you ever not feel like it when people expect it from you? Yeah, you're damn right I feel like that. You know, I'm just kidding. Um, I no, I do, but I, I think... still seem positive. I do, I think, but, you know, it's like, I don't, I'm not Einstein, I'm not, like, a scientist, but, um, you know, it's like that equal and opposite thing? So as happy and as loving and as amazing as I can be, I have other times where I'm, like, equally as stressed, mm -hmm. equally as irritated, and I'm totally dealing with, like, finding my balance there. I think mm -hmm. I had this amazing therapist this one time that was like, you know what you're like? And I was like, what? And she was like, this is you. <laughs> And I was like, uh, okay. And she was like, you know what you need to do? And I was like, what? She was like, you gotta learn to find like this. And I was like, balance? And she was like, it's balance. And I was like, oh my God. So yeah, so it's like, it's balance, you know? Um, yeah. Well, you, 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 uh, you, you, uh, you, uh, you groom, and you, but you also help people with self-care on Queer, queer I Eye. I think they're one and the same. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think the way that we take care of our insides is like reflective of our outsides, I think. And also, Nancy Burtwistle, uh, you know, according to Netflix season one winner of Great British Baking Challenge, yes. told me on DM, who I'm about to interview her when I go to London next week, I cannot wait. I've been <laughs> waiting to meet her for so long. If you're not following her on Instagram, you really should be. It is so fierce. She's so cute. But anyway, she was like, you know, um, <laughs> Uh, she was like, Jonathan, grooming means something different in England. And I was like, ew. And then also, my What book, does grooming mean in it's England? It's like, like, it's like, it's like, it's not, it's a, it's like a grooming for hideous grooming. <laughs> I don't even want to say it, but it's like grooming for abuse, honey. It's like, and she was like, she's like, I'm so oh. glad that you don't call yourself a groomer anymore, honey. She's like, you're a stylist. It's like, here, and I was like, oh, and also, sidebar, I don't even know if this will make it, but this is so true. No idea. True story. So when I first decided about on the subtitles, like my raw journey to self-love, I was like, oh, that's perfect. It is, because it was like, it's kind of raw, it's pretty like, you know, but it's also like, it's like self-love. It's like, it's like a, and then um, when I was talking to the British editors the first time, they were like, so about this subtitle? And I was like, what, it's great, right? And they were like, well, my raw journey to self-love, like self-love in the UK means like, self-love. <laughs> so then my raw journey to like, Pleasuring yourself. Yes. 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 And so I was like, well, it can't turn into a raw journey if you take it too far. Yeah. 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 I didn't know about all these British, you know. You should have known that one. I didn't I, know. That, that doesn't need a translation yet. Really? Man. No. You, uh, you, you keep your ear to the ground about politics. You oh, care yes. about politics. I'm very tuned in. And we actually, we have a, a clip here. You, you endorsed uh, Elizabeth Warren, mm -hmm. and she called you. She did. And 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 both of you recorded this phone call, and I'd love to show the audience that if you don't mind, Jim. It's always been a Warren. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm having such a crazy day. Go save America. We gotta go. And also, too, we gotta, we also really gotta get that Mitch out of there because regardless oh, yeah. of what, I mean, Mitch McConnell, he's the worst. So we gotta take the Senate. We're gonna take Congress back. Well, we already have Congress. We gotta take the Let's Senate do it back. All. And then we gotta get you in the White House. We're just gonna sort everything out. So you go okay. save America. I'm gonna go keep doing these interviews. 
I can't believe you took your time to talk to me, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, talk to you soon. Be strong out there. Thank you, I will, you too. Ah. Bye bye. <laughs> I feel the same way when I talk yeah. sometimes. Uh, I, now, uh, we've we got to go here in a minute, but I want to ask you about this. This is very important. Right now, the Supreme Court is... Uh, they just heard oral arguments for Title VII yesterday. It's a very important topic uh, to you and, and to other Americans. What should we know about it? Well, in 1964, we passed the Civil Rights Act, and Title VII of the Civil Rights Act said that... Uh, federally, you can't discriminate on the basis of sex. And so the Obama administration had said that, and you know, you can Google this, fact check it, like do your own research, but the Obama administration had been interpreting that, and I think up until that point through the Obama administration, that had been uh, extended to people, to transgender folks and to uh, gay and lesbian folks, bisexual, whatever, just, you know, the whole crew, all of us. Um, and basically, uh, William Barr, the attorney general, and then the Trump-Pence administration filed this brief and said, you know, uh, Congress at any time can rewrite any section of any law of any statute to cover more people, to, you know, to choose to include more people. And the crazy part about that is, is that the Equality Act, which the House passed a few months ago, actually addresses that, and it reopened the very act that, sex in, that, that Title VII is attached to the Civil Rights Act. So the Civil Rights Act of 1964 has been open to add LGBTQ Americans into it. Um, and that is the very thing that the Trump administration already said that they would not sign on to. Mitch McConnell won't bring it up to a vote. So the thing that's so troubling to me personally about this brief is that we have this power grab in Washington where we have a democratically elected body, the House of Representatives, that is doing their part to pass laws that they th see fit. And Mitch McConnell won't even bring them up to a vote to be debated against or to be debated on. Um, and so now, uh, because we cannot pass the Equality Act with the present leadership in, you know, that's in, in force now, they brought this up to the Supreme Court. And with Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, we can only know, you know, what's going to happen. We don't expect a ruling until any time between January and June of 2020. So they're hearing oral arguments this week. But there's three cases. Um, and, yeah, it, there's a transgender case. There's two cases based off of sexual orientation. And it's just a huge huge issue for LGBTQ Americans. Depending on how they rule, it could then be legal to fire anybody based on their sexual orientation. Yes. Or and their sexual identity. And the way I understand is, is they could, yeah, absolutely, but like, as President Obama said, like, don't boo vote, you know? I think next year it's so important that if you consider yourself an ally, I think it's really, we're past the time where you can um, say, you know, I don't watch the news, it stresses me out. It's like, don't watch the news, then go on Twitter. Like, talk to somebody about it. Like, we have to keep our eyes and ears open because right now, you know, we are detaining uh, asylum-seeking families. We are separating families at the southern border based off of HIV status. We have 18 trans uh, people so far that we know of that have been murdered this year for five years straight, we have steadily increasing hate crimes. We are currently in so much animosity and toxicity in this country that people are being attacked every day. So um, we absolutely have to talk. We have to keep our eyes open. And I think it's kind of like that, you know, metaphor in Dante's Peak. Remember with, with, with Pierce Brosnan? Remember when I know, she? I don't. I don't actually. Remember, it's from Dante's Pier. Dante's Peak. He says, Pierce "Honey, you put, because when they want to evacuate that poor town by the volcano, honey, and no one will listen to the mayor, and then they bring in Pierce Brosnan, who I believe is the ge the the geologist. Probably, yeah. And so he's like, you know, if you put a frog in the boiling water, which we should never do. But if you put a frog in boiling water, it will jump right out. But if you put a frog in the room temp water and boil it, honey, she'll stay there. And I fear that we are the frog in the room temperature water of America, and we're boiling! Frog soup. Uh, frog frog soup. soup. Well, uh, 
there's so much there, there's so much more to talk about. Please come again. Please have me anytime. It was such an honor. Oh, it's lovely to Thank see you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you Good so to much. see you, Jonathan. Over the top. The book available now. Jonathan Van Ness, everybody. Coming up, Tan France. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Late Show. Our next guest tonight is the fashion expert you know from the Emmy Award-winning show Queer Eye. His new show is called Next in Fashion. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Tan France. Have you back? Thanks. I'm so happy to be back. I love this place. Oh, oh. Well, they evidently like you too. Thanks. Yes. It's nice to see you again. Thanks so much. Yes. Thanks. How you been? Happy 2020. Happy 2020. Doesn't it feel just too soon for that? Last year was over like in a heartbeat. Oh, it seemed eternal to me. Oh. <laughs> The last time we were here, we had a lovely time talking, and you let me do something you said you never let anybody do, which is, and I'm not asking to do it again tonight, but I ran my fingers through your unbelievably luxurious hair. You're very kind. Thank Um, you. Did you know... No, you won't know. You are literally the only person who's ever run your fingers through my hair, and I'm talking to anybody, not just on TV. Like, my husband is not allowed to touch my hair. (laughs) Truly, he is not allowed to touch my hair. Wow. That just shows the lack of respect I have for him compared to you. It's fantastic. How do you stop him? Is it in the prenup? Because there was a prenup. That, that is just an invitation. Yeah, he just knows, like, divorce is imminent if he decides to try and touch my hair. I like to look a certain way for him. Well, how were your holidays? Did you have a good break? It was the most heavenly experience. Literally, it was, it was lovely. Like, I, I, did you go, like, someplace fancy? Or I did. My sofa, like, my sofa is my favorite place on the planet. <laughs> I, I bet it's very fancy. It, I bet it's, like... It's just nice, but it was just nice to be home for two weeks and not work. I love my job very, very much. But it was just nice to have a little break. Let me ask something about uh, you and your fellow Queer Eye guys. Mm. Do you guys ever talk about Marie Kondo? Do you guys ever dish about her? Because she's another (laughs) lifestyle person who's very hot right now. When are we not talking about Marie Kondo? We're obsessed with her. Is there a chance of a crossover? I, I, we're not, I'm not going to say no. I would love to. Who knows? We, we have asked, we've actually asked many times. She's the most lovely person in the world. Have you ever met her in real life? I had her on right here, and I joined her cult. <laughs> I, I, I joined her, her cult. I joined her cult. She's like an elf. She's she wonderful. I, she gets, I've met her a few times at events, and she seems to get scared by me because I speak really fast. It's the hair, And too. I get very excited. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love you so much. And I try and lift her. It's just not good. <laughs> Don't do that. What do you make of her style? Oh, my gosh, she looks so incredible, always. Always so simple. So chic. Yeah, she's so chic. Beautiful. 
Pupil. Okay. Um, do you remember, cast yourself back now to your mm. childhood, your first encounter with fashion? What's the first yeah. memory you have of it? I, um, so I started out in fashion in my granddad's factory when I was like seven. It wasn't child labor. I wasn't getting paid. Like, he was a really, <laughs> like, really nice It granddad. wasn't child labor because you weren't getting paid? Well, <laughs> There's another word for that, and All it's right. worse than child labor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We can say that word. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, and I loved it so much. And I, I got to see... What were you making? Like, what was the sort of... Denim. So we denim, were making okay. denim. And so I got to see something go from just a bolt of fabric to an actual piece of clothing. I could make a denim jacket by the time I was 13, which is actually very, very difficult. However... So my granddad died a few years ago. I loved him very, very much. Um, and I never understood why he got rid of it at 13. And I just assumed it mustn't have been doing very well, so he just got rid of it. That wasn't the reason... <laughs> I wrote in my book, I wrote, so I wrote a book recently, and I wrote in there, this is where I got my first start in fashion. I used to make denim all the time because my granddad had a, a factory that made denim for Disney. And then my sister read it, and she, my book, and she was like, you've got to stop telling that story. I was like, why? She was like, you were too young to remember why the factory closed down. We were making knockoffs. <laughs> wow. And... I think this... Wow. And they, and I, I don't know if you know this, they have lawyers. They do. I think the statute of, limi uh, statute of limitations is okay. And also, he's passed away. Like, what can you do? Like, don't, nothing is beyond Mickey. <laughs> He'll get him. Okay, you got a new show. I'm going to get to the new show. It's, it's on Netflix called Next in Fashion, which yeah. you host with Alexa Chung. That's nice. What's next? What's next in fashion? Fashion me up a little bit here. Well, what do let, I need to do? Let me tell you two things really quickly. I have never... Uh, this is the first show I've done away from the boys. I love my voice very much, but Alexa Chung is formidable. She's incredible. And the show is super, super exciting. I promise you're going to love it. Like, it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. It's just a really fun design show, and the designers are incredible. Uh, and then, as far as what's in style, can we talk about menswear real quick? I hope. Okay. <laughs> do you remember last time when I was here, you wearing an, a very peculiar tie? It was, was a I? sports game. It was... It, I don't honestly sure, know what yeah, sort. Ahead, yeah. So you had a very, very kooky tie on. Yeah. And I thought that that was your fashion choice. But I know you dress incredibly well. I've seen you many, many times. You always look very, very, very nice. Um, but there are, there's something that's fashionable nowadays that you haven't started wearing yet. Is this it? Because they have something back here. They have something here. May so, I show it? Yeah, I would... Yeah. You better watch out. Thank you. <laughs> you better watch out. Disney... Disney's gonna come after you again because you stole this from The Lion King. <laughs> what am okay, I, what am I wearing? Let me explain. Let me explain. So, I know it's not for everybody and maybe not for you either. However, what I will say is this. Animal print... <laughs> Animal print is a huge trend for 2020. Animal it was between, print. It was between this and a, sol a solid satin jacket, which I thought was possibly even more. Yeah, too yeah, much. Yeah, sure. But it, listen, let me say this. If you were to take off his tie and just have, like, his sh shirt buttoned up, he'd look chic. Do you ever wear a patterned jacket or no? I actually... 
they said he's going to want you to wear a pattern jacket. And I said, what about my pattern jacket that I wore to the Met last year with my wife? I do remember. Look at that. Actually, I do remember. Come on. He looked hot. You look hot. You look, I'm you, way ahead of you, you look Tan really France. You However, what I will say is this. You look super, super hot. Thank you. But your wife looked hot. Overshadowed. Exactly, you. as she always does. Um, <laughs> you look very good. Uh, uh, well, obviously, uh, the, I get to keep this. <laughs> you can keep it so you can burn it later in a ceremony, yes. Um, lovely to see you good again. Good to see you. Happy oh, New Year. Year. Next in Fashion is available on Netflix starting January 29th. Tan France, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives.